and as promised, he's he's on time. He's a very studious individual, and he is your head coach of the Arkansas State men's basketball team. He is the one, the only coach, Mike Bellato. What up? JC, good morning, fellas. How we doing? Well, it's just me today, Coach. Uh, Uncle Walls is slacking today. Uh, he is. Uh-huh. He's been. He's been playing hurt the last couple days, and you know, with his age, we can't be too careful. You know what we call that in our profession? We call that soft, JP. Well, hey, you know, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be. You know, you gotta be tough, man. I mean, come on now. Put put your boots on. And let's roll. You know what I mean? I uh, hey, you know that that's kind of how I feel, but. Uh, but you know, I think he, I think he just went a little too hard on shuffleboard and pudding last night, and uh, he, he he wasn't able to make it back in. So you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that shuffleboard can get you too, especially in the hips area. I'm sure. He's yeah. In bed right now. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, hey, I tell you what, I don't know about you, coach, but I could probably go for a live game of shuffleboard or maybe darts or anything at this point. I know this has to be driving you crazy because you're not a dude that likes to sit still either well it's tough you know when you're in a profession that you're hardly ever in the office and you're around your men all the time and on the court and being active you know it's really really different for us at this point because i don't think we've ever gone through anything like this you know in a very very long time where there's no workouts and no practices and you can't really see your guys face to face and you know we all have such a good relationship that it's it's tough so we we stay in touch obviously through through zoom meetings weekly and uh you know it's just trying to get them to keep their spirits up all of us not not just the players but us as a staff too and just hopefully this thing passes passes here uh pretty soon so we can get back to normal well, and there, that's uh, no doubt. Obviously, safety first and foremost uh, in re, in regards to this COVID nineteen. But I want to ask you, Coach. Uh, at, at what point for you did you go? Okay, this this thing is is super serious, and this is going to absolutely affect our day to day. And this is certainly going to affect us in the world of recruiting uh, when you had signing day coming up as of yesterday. At what point did that really hit you and kind of what was your thoughts? Because to me, I I keep saying this, but there was no playbook for this. No, you couldn't get, you know, one of the hardest things as a coach is to not be prepared for something. You know, always want to be prepared in everything you do when it comes to games or preparing your team or you know, workout, whatever it is. So it, one of the, it was so many unanswered questions early on. I, I think for me, when it really hit home was when the NBA got, got suspended, you know, I, I, and, and obviously the NCAA tournament. I thought that once we got to that point, it, it was going to move into, you know, a more safe mode uh, Well, with, with the nation and, and try to get past this so we can have as, as less or as many least you know, sicknesses and diagnosis and positive testing that we could. And, and when those those two things were canceled because of – got to think about all the money generated by both the NBA and, and the NCAA tournament for the NCAA itself, you know. And once they make that decision, I think that it was a point where we thought, okay, we're, we're I think we're headed in, in a place of, of isolation here pretty soon. And obviously we've come to that point now. No, there, there's, there, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, well, I, w- I want to talk recruiting with with you, and um, 
you know, the uniqueness of this particular time. I mean, today is five full weeks since this thing happened. We, we will start in week six tomorrow, uh, and that'll be going into week six of this kind of shutting everything down. Let's talk about the effects this has had on recruiting, uh, just specifically for yourself and your staff and how you guys have had to kind of overcome that. And you inked to uh, two young men yesterday, but we'll talk about those here momentarily. But how, how did how did this affect you guys, and, and how did you kind of overcome this? Well, you know, the first thing, when, when it finally came out as far as our dead period was extended, meaning we couldn't be out face to face and meeting you know guys off campus or even evaluating them in person uh, you know it was something that we sat down as a staff and said okay we got to get really innovative you know to see what we can do to make sure we're still doing what we're supposed to do as far as background work and uh you know evaluation as far as talent to make sure that we're getting the right young men to to come into the program and you know one of the things that we did was we kind of sat down and uh, and thank goodness for this. We planned for this early, believe it or not. You know, we've always had access to different platforms as far as being able to see kids play, even though if we're not able to attend their game. And there's a lot of things that are out there now and, and relationships with coaches where we can get a lot of game film. And, you know, one of the, one of the – I'd say one of the positives was usually when you can see a kid play live, you probably limit the times you, you download or go to watch games that they play during the year – on film, I've always been a person that likes to watch people live as much as I can. Uh, the only reason I say that is, like, I always make guys shorter, for example. So <laughs> when a guy sends me something that says, you know, this guy's 6'5", and I'm watching him on film, you don't know how tall the other guys are on the team. You know, you don't know how tall the guys are on his team. You, you don't, So that's just something that, you know, you can never really tell, okay? So the guy says 6'5", well take off two inches or an inch and a half, and that's what he really is. But when you see him in person, you can ask, okay, he's a legit 6'5 or 6'4, whatever it is. So one of the things that we did was we really tried to, you know, hone in on that part of it. And, and because we couldn't see guys live, try to watch more game film on players. And the good thing was you had a big sample size. You know, it's a late signing period. We are able to watch guys during the year. And we got out and recruited before this came out, too. You know, a lot of coaches – take a backseat to recruiting a little bit. I say head coaches take a backseat to recruiting a little bit during the season. See, I didn't, even between games, I was able to go out and watch, you know, young men that we had targeted early and, and, and then watch them on film as we're doing now. So that's one thing we've done is try to uh, gather as much film, you know, from, from different platforms that we have, that we have acquired through my time here to try to watch, as much game film as we can because we can't go in there and see him face-to-face. Two, well, we really used, uh, you know, technology as far as doing virtual official visits. I say official, they're really not, but it's virtual visits where we've actually shown the young man campus, and this is before all the buildings got shut down, but able to, you know, walk him through the actual arena and the locker room and the practice facility and the weight room and, you know, the apartments and things like that. To be able to have that personal interaction with them, I think it's easy to send, uh, you know, a young man a film and and that you put together. It looks all great, but I think it's better if you're able to walk them actually through that, you know, face to face through the iPad, and and kind of talk to them through it, almost like they're on campus with him and his parents, and then sit down and kind of talk to them, you know, about what our style of play is and show them examples of games that we played this year and you know how we're going to utilize him and different plays that we've run. And then put them in touch with, 
people on campus that are influential. You know, they, they, these young men can call. Now, they can't call them, the administrators, but the prospect can call anybody on campus. So we we've, we encourage them to call uh, Dr. Kelly Nanfis. I mean, he's been great with that. Uh, Terry Mahajer has been, a, you know, exceptional in his uh, availability, you know, where kids can call him. He can talk to him a little bit. You know, Abby Wilson, our academic advisor, uh, you know, things like that. So we're trying to find a the more the most innovative way we can to give them a great experience of what Arkansas State's all about. And one of the one of the negatives, what the toughest thing is, when you talk to young men about our university, you know, and they don't know a lot about Jonesboro and know a lot about Arkansas State, you know, their first reaction is, where is that? Where's that school? But when they come on campus, uh, you know, we've had 21 official visits since I've been here. We've signed 18 of those kids. And the reason for that is because, the, the university is a beautiful place. It shows well. And that hurts us because we can't actually get them on campus. So, yeah, it's great to show them on an iPad, but it's so much more of a better experience when they're actually in person. And every young man and parent that has come on campus, or for the majority of them at least, I'd say, will leave here with a completely different perspective than what they had when they came. And that's one of the hard things that we're fighting to try to do whatever we can to show what we have through the you know, the, the platforms that we have based on within the rules. And, you know, there, there's pros and cons, but you guys got to make it as, as, as positive as possible and continue to, you know, move forward and, and keep status quo as you've been doing before. Well, and you kind of touched on, you know, something I wanted to ask you next, Coach, is the, the pros and cons of this. Uh, you know, I was just – you know, I, I kind of like to keep up with recruiting, not just here, but uh, around the belt and around the country. And my, my curiosity is, uh, did this help or hurt more? Because I think in some cases, in some programs, uh, you know, they were able to get some guys maybe they wouldn't have been able to get had they been able to go take visits at other schools that obviously they couldn't go do. And then also I think that it hurt some schools that they could not get them on campus so I know it's a double-edged sword I mean now that you've kind of been through it so far what what do you think do you I mean is it just a double-edged sword it helps and hurts or uh, what do you think about this I think it depends on the actual program you know in our situation I think it hurts us and I say why and and, and I gave it uh, a small reason why uh, a little earlier is because you know, we look forward to the opportunity of having kids come and experience what a day uh, in the life of a red wolf is like. You know, they, we, when we get them for those 48 hours. And, you know, one of the things that we've always tried to, and, and now in year three, I know this is no secret. I think that people have noticed about the culture and the type of young men we bring into our program. So one of the things is I always say the best recruiters in your program are your players. And it's hard to get prospects now in touch with your players you really can't do that you can't facilitate that it's an NCAA violation so you know can he can they reach out to our guys through, through social media and all that yeah they can do that uh but when, when we're able to get them on campus and get them in an environment around our guys whether it's through practice or having a team meal or coming over my my house and just being away from basketball and kind of hanging out as a family I think it hurts us because our guys are great recruiters they really are you know they'll tell you the truth um when I recruited all of them, I told them exactly what it was going to be like. I told them exactly how I was going to be. And they can't ever say to another player, hey, coach, lie to me. You know, this is this is what it's all about. And I tell recruits all the time, you know, talk to the guys that don't play. You know, if you talk to the guys that play a lot of minutes, yeah, they're going to say great things because they're playing. You know, talk to the guys that aren't playing and tell them if, you know, their experience is something they enjoy. So that's something that's really hurt us because we can't get them in touch with 
our current players and and our guys are, are great recruiters i mean they sit there and they tell them the truth and they're very personable guys and we want to continue to bring you guys like that it just makes it a little harder to vet that part of it because you're only talking to them over the phone or through a facetime or through even text message you know and it's just hard to really do it unless you have them in front of you so you know but with that said the positive thing is you know you're going to have guys that would have visited other places and coaches right now, believe it or not, they're panicking, you know, and, and we're not. But there's a lot of players and a lot of coaches panicking. So they're trying to take guys that they can get now because they're afraid they might not be able to get them later. And maybe you'll have guys kind of trickle down and fall down through the cracks a little bit and maybe start looking at other places. So I think that's the positive part of it. But, you know, think about this. You get five official visits. Uh, if, if everything was normal, you would get – five official visits. That means that the university can pay for all expenses paid for you to come for 48 hours and spend time with their program. Well, you're only limited to five. See, here, here's the crazy part. You're not limited to any virtual official visits that you're doing right now. So a kid can do 15 of those. So now it's taking longer for kids to make decisions mm. sometimes because they're like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and listen to so-and-so. Yeah, I'll take a virtual call with the coaching staff at, I don't know, Xavier, Dayton, whatever it is. And usually that wouldn't happen because they have to Okay, I got to get five schools that I can visit. That's it. So they trim their list down. Well, now their list is longer than ever because nobody's. Some people are just continuing to recruit through the summertime. Nobody knows how this is going to play out. So kids are just sitting back saying, "Well, I'm just going to talk to everybody." And then now it pushes you know the decision back you know longer. So those are things that we're fighting right now. Um, but you know, I think that coaches that have uh, done their job and done their due diligence in recruiting during the season and have a little bit more of a leg up than guys that are coming in late on guys uh, at this point. All right. Well, Coach, uh, we're joined here by Coach Mike Bellato, Arkansas State men's basketball head coach on the Back in Action Hotline. Let, let's talk about the uh, two young men uh, that we got inked in yesterday uh, and uh, just the upside of those two guys, what they're going to bring to the table, how they're going to feel, and then uh, we'll delve into what's next after these two. But uh, let's talk about these two young men. Well, first, you know, obviously two of them, uh, we're very excited to, to welcome them to, to our family. I, I think that both uh, players bring something unique to the table. Um, crazy enough, they play similar positions, but you can play them both together as well. And, uh, you know, obviously one of them in Keon Wesley is somebody that has been committed to us, you know, ever since uh, December. It's been hard not to be able to talk about him in public. Yeah. You know, the rule is you can't really talk publicly until they sign their letter of intent. But we all know that Keon has been committed to us for a while now, and that's somebody we targeted early. Uh, we targeted him during the summertime and continued to recruit him, and he came on an official visit uh, in the first conference uh, weekend when we played the Louisiana schools, and he was here with his mom and dad, or so, dad and stepmom. So, uh, you know, that's somebody I'm excited about. You know, he's he's a six nine, about 195 pound wiry hybrid forward. He plays multiple positions. I think that he he resembles a lot to what Malik Brevard brought to the table, but he's a little bit of a better uh, skill player, outside shooter than Malik was. Malik was more of a you know around the basket. Keon can actually step out and make threes. I think for his career, he's a 36% three-point shooter. And, you know, he brings a lot of skill set to that power forward slash swing forward position, like we call it, to be able to do things. And he's got experience playing in college. You know, he's been successful at uh, USC Sakahachi. They won the regional championship. They were going to the NCAA, the, the NJCA tournament. 
They haven't never done that in school history. He started for him, I think, 28 to 30 games. So he brings a lot of experience, and he's a great young man. You know, his dad was a retired Air Force uh, Reserve, and he comes from a great family, uh, and he's he's very well put together as far as his character. Uh, I'm excited to have him on campus. I think he's somebody that the fan base is really, really going to like, only because of the way he, you know, handles himself, but also his – you know, production on the court, he touches different parts of the stat sheet. You know, he, he'll average, if you look at his averages, you look, oh, he's averaging 13 points a game, but he's also averaging almost seven rebounds, almost almost one and a half blocks a game. You know, when you watch him play defensively, he can guard five positions. So that's something that we're really excited about, and we're, we're really lucky to get him that early. I, I thought that if we would have gone later, it would have been hard now, especially with the stuff that's going on with that We couldn't see that in the future, but – you know, that's somebody we targeted early. We were able to get him, and we're, we're, we're thrilled that he's that he signed with us yesterday. Well, and then, uh, you know, you mentioned that, that Keon has been locked in for a while and how hard it was not to talk about him. I know you were excited uh, uh, about him and to finally get him locked in. And then you have another young man that uh, was uh, committed more recently. And I probably – I can't – I lost count, Coach, to the number of – uh, fans and, and whatnot that uh, reached out to me by DM or whatever saying, JC, are these numbers real? Are these numbers real for this kid? And I'm like, yes. Why why wouldn't they be? Uh, and uh, and so they were like, it just doesn't seem real. Uh, so let, let's talk about Mr. O'Meara next. Well, see, Northside, uh, his story is just awesome. I'm going to let him tell you, you know, that himself and where he's come from and kind of the sacrifices he's made to come to the United States and try to build a better future for himself and for his family. Uh, you know, when you look at his numbers, they look like video game numbers, right? Mm-hmm. You're averaging, how's he averaging 26 points and almost, you know, 20 rebounds. If, if people knew uh, Coach Alvarez, and I know you've spoken to him, <laughs> he, he is a no-nonsense guy. The guy's not going to sit there and just make up numbers. You know, they, 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 uh, they stat, they have a program that stats every game. You know, they play in a, in a prep school league where they play a bunch of fifth-year and, and and people don't know this, he, he they played 46 games. I think 12 of those games were against junior college competition. So they're actually playing kids that are – we're recruiting now. They're, they're playing against them. He's 18 years old going up against, you know, guys that are 21, 22, and they're already in college. So a lot of those games that you see, a lot of those numbers, are not only against high school and fifth-year uh, high school players – Right, but they're also against college level competition, and I saw it with my own eyes. I went down to watch him in January against IMG Academy, which is one of the obviously one of the better prep schools in, in the United States as far as putting out basketball talent. And they have four guys on that team that signed Division One scholarships, and I saw it with my own eyes. He, he's going head to head with Kenny Martin Jr., who's you know probably predicted to get drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. And he, he, I saw it. I, I statted it myself. He had 41 and 16 rebounds. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's, not, that, that, that's not a guy telling me that. That's me sitting with a pad because I like to do that. Guys, some guys do fudge numbers. And when you look at his numbers, that's the first thing that comes to mind. There's no way he's averaging 19 rebounds a game. No, he didn't get 19 that game. He got 17, but he got 41. <laughs> so, you know, those numbers are true. I mean, they're, they're true to the fact he's had 46 straight double-doubles. Um, you know, if you ask anybody that's a recruiting guru that knows about uh, Northside, he'll they'll tell you every time they've seen him play. One thing that always sticks out about him 
is that he is a tenacious rebounder. Tenacious rebounder. You know, he reminds me, I, th- I look at him as a mix. Now, obviously, I'm going to give you three names, and you're like, oh, my God. So I want everybody to kind of temper their expectations a little bit because he's still learning the game. He's only played for a year and a half. But he reminds me of a mixture between Montrez Harrell, Dennis Rodman, and Kenneth Fareed. You know, he's got different parts of his game that resemble those three guys. But one thing that's common between all those three is that when the ball hits the rim, they think that it's theirs every time. And every time I see him play, he pursues every single shot taken, both offensively and defensively. So for him to do that for an entire game, they never subbed him out. He stayed out of foul trouble. I think he fouled out in one game out of 46, and he played the whole game, and he plays with that energy. He plays with such passion. And his second jump is one of the best I've seen in a long time. What I mean by that is when the shot goes up on the rim and he's jumping to get it, if he mistimes it, the minute his feet hit the ground, he's back up higher or at the same level as guys that were when they first, when they made their first jump for the rebound. And he's just a, a tenacious, passionate player. I think he's going to be a fan favorite. The only reason I say that is because he's going he's gonna to be the guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I might pass out shields in, in the front row because he's diving for every <laughs> loose ball. So you might get a shoulder to the face. But – but he's, he plays with that energy all the time, and that's the thing that really attracted me about him as far as talent. And then when you talk to him as a young man, he is one of the most humble kids I've ever spoken with. He comes from Bluefield, Nicaragua, which is one of the poorest parts of the, the country, and he made a sacrifice to leave his family back, mom and dad, and came by himself to the United States and said, I want to play it somewhere that's going to give me some better exposure, and I want to be able to play Division One basketball. And he's the first Nicaraguan-born player to ever sign a Division One men's basketball scholarship. So I'm excited about it. We've opened a lot of doors internationally. We've inter- you know recruited international guys before. But he's a special one because nobody from his country has ever played in a Division One school. And I think he's just going to be the trailblazer for, for younger kids to, to, to come out of there in the future. Well, and I'll tell you, Coach, uh, I spoke to one recruiting guru, and I'll leave him nameless, but I asked him point blank, uh, his thoughts uh, on on Northside, and he said he is a guy that will certainly be in the conversation for freshman of the year, and he said he'll be all Sun Belt Conference uh, at least uh, first team th- at least three of his four years. And uh, he told me that, and and he didn't bat an eye when I asked him what what his ceiling was. And and he also went on to say, he said that, you know, had he played more than a year and a half, it would have been tougher for Arkansas State to get a kid like like him because he's an unknown. Yeah, people didn't really know about him uh, early on. The, the great thing about our situation was we were able to get information on him really, really early. Coach Alvarez and I go back uh, ever since my days of playing, even before high school. You know, he was a mentor of mine back in Miami. And uh, we have a very close relationship. And when they, when they finally got the kid, he, he called me and he said, uh, you know, I never lie to you. I put over 200 kids in Division One schools. you got to come watch this one. This one's going to be good. And you, you don't really jump on it right away because you don't know what you're getting. You know, the kid's coming from a different country. You want to see him play against better competition. You take a big risk signing him in the early period, not knowing what he can do. And I told Coach Alvarez that, and he, and he agreed. He said, well, give, let him play. And it got to a point now where I was afraid we weren't going to get him. Hmm. So we had to turn up the heat a little bit uh, because of the numbers he was putting up. And, um, you know, that's just something that uh, when you watch him play, he grows on you as far as a fan. Now, I want to I say this now. 
we got to temper down expectations because you know what? He, he He's young. He is 18. He's playing in a fifth-year high school at 18 years old. In, in Nicaragua, they actually start high school in the seventh grade. That's how they, they – they, uh, they categorize it. So they only go up to the 11th grade. So a lot of the kids that graduate over there graduate at, at a young age, at 16 or 17. He's playing an extra year of basketball. He's only 18 years old. He's coming in at 18, a true 18-year-old. So he's got a lot of stuff to learn. He really does. He's got a lot of stuff, skill work. He's got to get a little better with his, you know, shooting from, from the perimeter. He's got to understand the American game. You know, there's a lot of film that comes into this and preparation. It's a whole different level of skill work. You know, the, the regimen of an everyday schedule of a Division One player. There's a lot of things he's going to learn. So I think he's going to hit him in the face early. But I know him well enough to know he's going to take that head on. And, and, and he's going to try to break through those barriers as quick as he can because he wants to play. That's one thing. You can say whatever you want, but at the end of the day, both these kids, including Keon, they're very, very competitive spirits, and they want to play. And sometimes they'll be competing against each other. So that's just going to make them better, make our team better, and, and obviously Norshad's somebody that we feel can come in and give us something right away. Uh, you know, I, I know when I talked to Art, uh, the one thing he told me about the athleticism uh, of Norshad, he, he talked about how he could touch the top of the backboard. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, he, he can get up that high. And I was like, oh, okay, then duly noted. I wrote it down and I put leaper on my, on my pad, but, but you know, these two guys uh, are, are guys that fit needs. And so now I want to shift into this coach uh, by my math. I think you have three spots left. If, if my math is right, um, what, mm-hmm. what are you going to be looking for in regards to type of players? Obviously we can't talk about specific names, but uh, types of players that you are going to look to uh, try to wrap up and, and finish up this class? Well, you know, if, uh, trying to fall within the NCAA guideline rules, so that's talking specifically. But, you know, when you look at three positions, I, I always feel like having 13 guys on scholarship sometimes is, is probably too much. I don't think we're going to sign three. I think we'll take maybe one or two more. Um, and we'll hold one, you know, especially with the transfer mm-hmm. stuff going on. You never know who might be want to leave, so you always want to have one available. Uh, but, you know, we're looking for right now, I think, well, well, my opinion, we have one of the better backcourts in the Sunbelt Conference coming back. You know, Marquise uh, Eden and Caleb Fields both played heavy minutes for us. You know, Christian Willis is a four-year guy for us. So you know those three guys are going to play a lot of minutes at those positions. And, you know, we got Caleb London coming in as a freshman who's going to be fighting for playing time. And then Malcolm Farrington is the other guard that we have that has not played yet was redshirted. So I think uh, one thing that we'll probably be looking for is maybe somebody that can play the guard position, that can shoot it from the wing. Um, you know, somebody kind of replace a JB type player uh, that can play that, that small forward slash wing position. And then the other one might be probably a backup point guard. I think that Caleb, a lot of times during the, the, the time, you know, last year in games was playing very very heavy minutes and people look and say well you have you have another we, we play with two point guards anyway now mm-hmm. Marquise is really a point guard he's just improved his scoring ability so much over the last three years because of the skill development that you know he we, we put him off the ball but he, he plays as much on the ball as he does off so but uh, again if, if you don't have a backup then you're moving Keese over to the point guard position for 15 minutes a game the kid's not getting any rest and we want him fresh at the end of games so you know, maybe look for a backup point guard. Maybe look for a a a wing, a shooting wing that can can replace some stuff that Jerry Johnson gave us. I thought Jerry was big for us last year, and making tough shots and big shots when we needed it. So, you know, those are 
two positions that we're really looking at. I'm not saying that's solidified. I'm not saying that's exactly what we're going to get. But that's something in the process of our minds. We always want to get the right kid. We're not just going to take somebody just because they play that position. We're fine if we don't, right? We're, we're okay if we don't get either one of those positions. We have enough players on the roster. But that's something we're targeting now, and, and we're talking to different guys, and we're, you know, we'd love to have a combo guard that, that, that can come in and be able to give us something to help those guys, those three, you know, in Sewell, uh, Keese, and, and Caleb to be able to spell minutes uh, right away and then be able to – they all play together as well. Well, last thing for you, Coach, uh, let's just talk about those returners, those guys coming back and guys that you're really going to have to lean on. I, I, obviously, you mentioned a few of those guys, but let, let's just talk about some of those guys and that, that you're really going to need to uh, to lean on this, uh, this upcoming season uh, as they return. Well, we, let's start with the, the backcourt first. We talked a little bit about them already. You know, obviously we knew – uh, when Caleb Fields was signed, we knew how good of a player he was. I, I didn't know if he was going to be as good as he was as quickly and, and kind of come in and be that much of a factor as a freshman. I hope that every freshman comes in and does that. But he really, really stepped up last year. I mean, he, he was our starting guard, and I thought that for our team it would be great to play both those guys together uh, and him and Keith. So, uh, you know, at our back, from our backcourt position, I thought Caleb, in my opinion, uh, should have been freshman of the year. I thought he was in conversation. I think he was two votes away from winning that 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 uh, award. And then Marquise going and coming to be a senior. I mean, he he's a veteran of the group. You know, he's the guy that's been with me. Him, JJ, and and Siwa have been with me for four years now. I mean, they know exactly what we want. We've seen his improvement over the last three years. Uh, he's a guy that's uh, he's returning captain. He's you know one of the leaders of our team. He's a guy that we leaned on a lot this year as far as getting us out of a lot of jams. You know, two games in particular are Colorado State and Georgia Southern at their place. You know, he he came in and made plays down the stretch. So we know what we're getting with those two guys. You know, you know what you're getting from Christian Willis. Christian Willis is a young man that's a a piece of the puzzle that's probably the most important piece. It's like putting, you know, a puzzle together and there's one piece missing and you're frustrated because you're looking at the piece and it's like the middle of the of the puzzle and it's the prettiest part. You know, you're looking for that. She was come in last year and made some. A great place for us in games. He made big shots for us. He's our best defender by far. Uh, he's a great kid. He's a, a team first guy. Um, he's never one time asked me about starting. Never one time asked me about playing time. He just wins his position. And having him come back for a fourth year is is you know rewarding for us as a coaching staff because you know what you're going to get with him. And then JJ Matthews is a is a two year starter returner. You know he he had an up and down year last year. I thought early in the year he was playing excellent. I thought his body took a toll towards the end of the year. Losing Lonnie Francis really hurt him. And I say that because when, when J.J. played heavy, heavy, heavy minutes, I think his body it took a toll on his body, and he kind of tapered down towards the end of the season. So with Keon and Northside coming in, I think it's great for him because it's going to give him an opportunity to get competition to practice. It's also going to give him an opportunity to get some resting games, too, so keep him out of foul trouble. But, you know, he's a guy that, in my opinion, could be one of the better Low post scores in the league. You know, he's shown it last year, uh, flashes at times, and I think that he's going to continue to get better. And that, and also he's been with me for three years. And then Antoine Jackson is, is a kid that we saw grow before our eyes. I think Antoine, everybody knows how his body was when he came in, how hard he worked to get his body down. He lost 50 pounds almost, um, you know, from the summertime to the time the season actually started and tipped off. And he was a kid that came in as a freshman and gave us great minutes in games and helped us win games. You know, Colorado State, he was out there as a freshman when J.J. Matthews had fouled out, Malik Brevard fouled out, J.B. fouled out. 
he played the last six minutes of that game on the road and, and helped us win that game. And he also had you know flashes where he helped us win conference games as well. And he continues to get better. And I think I'm excited to see his growth because I don't think we've even seen the, the Antoine Jackson that, that I think we, we're going to be able to see in the future. He was hurt during the last part of the season. I think he played with a torn meniscus for four straight weeks and he just fighting through it with pain he's going to get surgery now in the off season and he'll be out for you know three weeks and come right back so it's nothing serious but you know when you talk about those five guys that's a good five core that played a lot of minutes for us and went through a lot of good times and went through a lot of tough times and i think that the adversity part of last year is really going to help them grow for next season so i'm excited and when you plug in the new guys with their character and their work ethic and their passion it's a really good group, so I'm, I can't wait to start. You're getting me too excited talking to you about this, and i got to go back in my office and sit and watch uh, a freaking screen of a laptop. But when this all comes through, I'm, I can't wait to get back on the court with these guys. Well, Coach, man, it's it's awesome to catch up with you. It's a nice break in the monotony as well, and uh, it is. It's exciting to be able to talk about uh, this upcoming 2020-2021 uh, uh, A-State men's basketball team. But, uh, man, you be safe out there, and, and hopefully uh, I'll get to see you uh, sometime soon, and, and uh, we'll get to uh, get back to normal. All right, man. Well, you stay safe as well. Wash your hands, and if Uncle Wallace plays hooky again, call me. I'll come join you. Hey, that's a deal. That's a deal. All right, brother. <laughs> see you, buddy. All right, see you. Have a good day. See you. Coach Mike Bellato, the head man for A-State men's basketball, and, and, and I will tell you uh, – you know, I, I do a lot of research on these guys, and uh, just talking about the two, Norshad O'Meara and uh, Keon Wesley, uh, the newest signees uh, to Arkansas State, they're both extremely high-energy guys, and, and, and I thought the exact same thing that Coach said. When, when I was looking at Keon, he, re, he reminded me a ton of Malik Brevard, and I think Coach saying he's more skilled offensively I agree with that. Uh, his range is is certainly uh, much greater than than Leak. Malik Brevard is one of my favorite players to come through Arkansas State because of the energy that he played with and the attitude that he had. That dude was always so positive and he worked so hard. And it didn't matter whether it was you know ten minutes left in practice uh, in the convo or the hypus. Pardon me, convo, but you know what I mean. Uh, or whether it was the last five minutes of a game that dude brought the same energy every time. And, uh, if, if Keon Wesley is anything like that, uh, I think everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised. And then, uh, North shadow mirror, those numbers 27 and 20. And as coach said, playing high level talent, uh, Kenyon Martin jr. Is going to go in the NBA draft, uh, coming up in June and, uh, to have 41 and 16 in that game, it, it tells you the level of talent, uh, that that young man, uh, brings to the table and let me remind all of you he's only played a year and a half of organized basketball a year and a half playing at high level prep ball and average 27 and 20 46 straight double doubles if that doesn't get you excited I don't know what will. It's 10.50. We're going to hit the first break of today's show. We'll come back. We'll fire off today's Commerce Solutions hot topic of the day and uh, wrap up hour number one just like that. Appreciate Coach Mike Bellato joining me on the Back in Action Hotline. RWRC Radio live from the Unico Bank Studios. It's an 1812 Pizza Company throwback Thursday. Marvel and I see these elastico. 